Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Ricardo. Finally, finally. I know. We accomplished something. Has it been five years we've talked about this? Five five, years. This task we were about to mention. And we finally had dinner. We did. Finally had a meal together. Yes. We went to an Italian restaurant. Mm -hmm. Did you enjoy the food? Yeah, it was good. What about the company? The company was great. (laughs) I did make a comment about cultural comment that I don't, I'm not sure you agreed with me. What was the comment? About the noise level in in American restaurants. You think American restaurants are too loud. I, I think so. And everybody tries to speak over because people want to hear each other. Yeah. I don't know what to say about that. I think because I think you're right, but I think really restaurants that really think through this and try to really do it well, try to accommodate for Mm -hmm. that. But there is something to that. And we have decent hearing. I've got some friends that I have that are a little older than me that have hearing concerns. And we've got to be real intentional about where we go Mm -hmm. for that reason, because for a particular priest friend, it's just really, really hard when there's a lot of echoes going on and... It was a pleasant evening for me. It was. So that you know, and I don't say that with everybody. So I'm glad we got to do that. So here we are, 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, into the wonderful month of November. I enjoy November always. It mm-hmm. starts to slowly look towards winter. I'm going to read the gospel here. You are reading Mark's gospel, chapter 12, verses 38 to 44. In some places they may get a shorter version of the gospel, but we normally go with the longer one. In the course of his teaching, Jesus said to the crowds, Beware of the scribes who like to go around in long robes and accept greetings in the marketplaces, seats of honor in synagogues, and places of honor at banquets. They devour the houses of widows and, as a pretext, recite lengthy prayers. They will receive a very severe condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and observed how the crowd put money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow also came and put in two small coins worth a few cents. Calling his disciples to himself, he said to them, Amen, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the other contributors to the treasury. For they have all contributed from their surplus wealth, but she from her poverty has contributed all she had, her whole livelihood. 
two different stories, which explains why there are two options, a longer and a shorter uh, version of the gospel this week, and uh, some, somewhat connected. We know that Jesus was very patient with many sins, but the sin of the scribes, the scribes were the lawyers of the Pharisees, and, and this idea that they would like to show off their robes and their very lengthy prayers and taking advantage for the widows, that seems to be a, a, a sin for which Jesus had very little patience. Yeah, I'd expand that a little bit more broadly. Any kind of hypocrisy, you know, any kind of, or what I would describe it as a, a mismatch between uh, what internally an intention is and what's on the outside. So, you know, when those things align, fine, but when they don't, such as here, kind of claiming to care for people, but not really being more interested in yourself mm -hmm. here on the part of religious leaders in, in particular, that you're right. There's a particular irritation on the part of Jesus for that and, and an ire, and he really calls that out very clearly, as he does here. I recently preached about uh, the situation with the Pharisees and the scribes, that it shouldn't have been such. Uh, actually, Jesus has same social class than they are, same approach to the law, a very open interpretation of the law. So you would, they believe in the afterlife, unlike other sections of society. So this is one of the reasons why Jesus did not connect with the Pharisees, with whom he should have connected in a, in a theoretical basis. So, you know, we are always speaking about the Pharisees. So one day I, I wanted to learn mm -hmm. to do some research deeper into this. And, and it's true that, that Jesus confronts the Pharisees, and he doesn't confront, for instance, the Sadducees that often, when, when they have no belief in the afterlife, they are very wealthy, and, and Jesus would have, should have confronted them more, maybe. But um, is this hypocrisy that, that really irritates Jesus, as you said? I want to expand on what you've said, though. I think you've pointed out something that I think is important to keep in mind. And I, I'm, gl I'm so glad you did that in a homily. I've, in fact, have done it in pieces, but not done it very well, where we shouldn't make caricatures of Pharisees, of the scholars, the scribes here. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily evil people. <laughs> you know, They're not these monsters walking around who um, just make life miserable and steal from people and, uh, and are all hypocrites. Some of them are, and some of them are not. So I think it's important to say, hey, they actually would have a lot in common, and there's a lot of good scribes and Pharisees perhaps around there. It's a way of me saying here, though, it's our actions. It doesn't matter who we are, where we come from. We all have the opportunity to sin. We all have the opportunity to do really bad things uh, and to do really good things as well. And that's true for the next person. So it, when we're just so divided, we can sort of look at someone else and say, hey, that rich person, they're evil because they're rich. It's not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. And that poor person is better than me because they have less. That's not necessarily the case. Which is a good bridge to go into the second story. Exactly. That was yeah. great, Father. Well, I didn't even think, didn't even think of it that way. But you're right. It's a, in a sense, is a little bit of a thread now that moves to the second part of this and that really, really powerful moment here. I'm just remembering that we're all blessed in different ways, you know. And the Lord asks us to give differently. There aren't kind of magic um, numbers, magic amount of energy or amount of time. It's to the degree that we're we're blessed. And she's such a wonderful example of this here. The story is very clear, and we don't need to reinterpret what is very clear, the widow gives from what she doesn't have, whereas many of us, if we are speaking about money, for instance, we give from what's left over. It's, it's, it's a very clear story. It, it also is interesting to realize how many times Jesus speaks about money in the, in the gospel, so many times. Right. And yes, we can transfer this to other 
parts of our lives where we can show generosity, but I try not to explain gospels about money or about wealth away uh, without first uh, dealing with the actual power of money, right? I think Jesus speaks a lot about money because money is not good or bad. It's what we do with it. But it's true that it, money has, like very few things in life, has the power to show who we are and what we care about more than many other things. You're exactly exactly right about that. And we speak in a, in a Christian tradition of that term of stewardship, of, of us being stewards of what we've been given by God, that everything really is a, a gift from God in the first place. And we give back, we, we tend that in a, a responsible manner. We, we give it away in justice, but you know, we return it back to God then to the degree that we've been blessed. And, and that looks different for different people. Uh, but you're right about that. It is, this is about money. Mm-hmm. And if we have the right priorities, the gospel is telling us today to give first to what's most important, no? Right. It's a gospel that could be used to discuss stewardship also, right, as you are saying. And how interesting it is that we, we, I think we exhaust Catholics asking for money all the time. But when you look at the statistics, Protestants give more money to their churches than Catholics do. Without a doubt. Yeah. But abysmal. I mean, the, the, the difference is, is, is incredible. And, and I know we ask a lot, maybe... I don't know what the solution is for the pride. I would, I would love to ask less. At, at my parish, we only ask for the stewardship for the parish only once a year. Then we are part of the pilot phase of the capital campaign that is very necessary, and, and all our listeners will, will deal with it at some point. We ask for money all the time, and we still get less stewardship than our brothers and sisters in some Protestant churches that can, can get things done faster. I don't know. I know it's this great mystery that I haven't exactly figured out myself either. But yeah, the gap is really, really significant. We have some small Protestant communities near nearby my parishes in Wauwatosa, and I I've seen some of their financial records, and it's shocking at what a small small number of people there will do. Uh, but it comes down to trust. Here's what I think it is, and the gospel today is really about trust. It's especially with that woman, trust that you give from from your poverty, mm-hmm. and the Lord's going to take care of the rest. You know, yep. you're you're not going to go hungry. The Lord's going to take care of the rest. Then we just don't trust enough. That's what it comes down to. We don't trust enough. Despite what I just said, I have been moved by the generosity of 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 my parishioners, all my priesthood. Oh yeah, very much so. Very much so. Anyway, interesting Good. gospel. Yeah, nice gospel. And as always, much to pray about here in Mark's gospel. A lot going on and a lot of details. You know, at Mark, Mark tells less stories, but lots of details here. And I'm glad he did, especially the second part of this with the widow. Good. How about we uh, look ahead to next week? Let's do that. Take care. All right. Have a good day. This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.